I believe so. But Brown's that on? Yes, sir. All right, the book of Habakkuk this morning. And uh, so, one good thing about preaching early, you can relax the rest of the day. Amen? And these, yeah, oh, okay. These meetings, they uh, make me just a little nervous, but uh, we thank the good Lord for the opportunity. And uh, I'm like Brother Randy in the fact that it's just amazing uh, that God even uses any of us. And I'm grateful uh, for the opportunity always uh, to preach the Word of God and to do anything for Him. Brother Adam, I do want to get to heaven and lay a few crowns at His feet and to uh, cry holy, holy and worthy is the Lamb and that God, Brother Brown, could you get my handkerchief out of my pocket, please? Look with me, if you would, Habakkuk chapter 2, and if you had to look in the front to find out where it's at, that's all right. And uh, I was looking, I guess about two months ago, at verse or chapter 3 and verse 2 where he talked about revival. But God began to speak to me about this book. I really never had studied it. And I began to study this book a little bit. And uh, God showed me some similarities that was in the nation of Israel that is in America today. And uh, what I want to preach on, if the Lord will help me just for a little bit, is how to live in today's world. How to live in today's world. Let's look in chapter 2. We'll start reading just four verses there. He said, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. We'll watch to see what he shall say unto me, what I shall answer when I am reproved. The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry. Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Now, by the way of introduction, I want to look at three things about the nation of Israel. Number one is their condition. Look in chapter 1 and verse 3. The Bible said that they were in iniquity. That simply means filth and ungodliness. And that is exactly where we are in America today. We are in a very filthy, ungodly world. The Bible also said, uh, he used the word grievance. That word means perverseness. Uh, we live in a day where uh, ungodliness and perverseness is promoted uh, in our land. Uh, Yea, even so-called churches have homosexuals and lesbians playing instruments and singing in the choir. And God help us that we would allow that. The southern gospel world has looked over those who come out and act like it's okay. It's not okay. It's abomination under God and it always will be. And hey, it's never going to change. Amen. Listen to me, fellas. 
It'll never be right till I command. God help us. You hear me, ladies? Never. I don't care if you're 73 and you've never been married. You'll never be right like in a woman. I know they tell you in school that it's normal. It's not normal. It's ungodly. It's wicked. I'm telling you, and it was happening in the nation of Israel, and it's happening today. I'm not going to name them, but I know some pastors' children have left home turn out to be lesbians and homosexuals. Do you hear me? Grew up in our independent Baptist churches. Grew up in our churches. How, how is that happening? Oh, we can't flirt with that nonsense. I remember years ago, Brother Andy was telling me about a church that put on a skit and at the end they had two girls kiss. Are you crazy? That was in the church house. God help us. It was in that day and it's wickedness and it's in this day. Amen. Amen. Can I say, he said number three in verse three, that they were spoiling, that they were robbing, kind of like the looting, burning down buildings. Uh, back in 18 and 19, uh, when Trump was in office, the Democrats said it was okay because he was in office. Oh yeah, the Bible said violence. My goodness, do we not live in a violent world? The preacher was telling me on Saturday night, they're on the street I live on. The Dollar General, two men got in road rage, pulled out a pistol, shot a man in the chest and killed him. That's the day that we're living in. Was just the same in this day, amen. Can I say number two, the cause? Look in verse four. He said the law is slacked. You know what that means? It means it ceased. It means they don't punish criminals anymore. Do <laughs> you know illegal is still illegal? An illegal immigrant is still an illegal immigrant. The Democrats don't understand that word. Amen. I'm going to preach against the Democrats as long as I live. Say amen right there. And most of the Republicans are in the same boat. Hey, hey, I'm telling you, we need to clean the house up there and get a whole new crew. Thank God. Amen. Amen. He said, not only that, the, the punishment of the law had ceased. Look what he said. He said, judgment doth never go forth. We got what they call now these cashless bails in New York and California. They just turn them right back loose. These godless judges one day are going to stand before God of what they've done uh, uh, to this nation. Amen. Uh, then he said the person of the law is crooked. Here's what he said. He said for the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceeded. It's okay to have a abortion clinic open. It's okay to have a liquor store. But it's illegal to have church. God help us to never shut our doors again. It don't matter what they say. Thank God we're going to go to church. I don't care if we got to go to jail. Then I'll go to jail and preach to them there. But hey, God's business is more important than anything in this world. It may be illegal to them, but it's right to be in church. Thank God we go to church. Hallelujah. Amen. 
we see the chastisement, verse 5 through 10 in this chapter. God's judging America. That's right. We're in, we're in trouble. First thing said in verse 8, swiftness. He said, I'm bringing them Chaldeans from a far land, but they're going to be here swift. Then he talked about being swallowed up. He said, as evening wolves. Brother Simpson, that, that means that they're hungry. They haven't fed all day. They come to devour. Do you know what this last two years of this administration is devouring America? Yes. Amen. Right. He said their size, they were outnumbered. He said in verse 9, number 4, that the, the east wind would suck it up. You know what that word, that east wind meant? It was going to come and destroy all the vegetation and destroy. You know what I'm telling you? We're in a mess today. Our country's in a mess uh, with Russia and Ukraine. Russia's the third uh, in the uh, Canada, United States and Russia produce more wheat than anybody in the world. I'm telling you, there's going to be a, a hurting coming down the road. Why do you think it is? Because we've slaughtered 464 million babies and God has had enough of America. He's had enough of the filth and the pornography and the ungodliness. He's had enough how we run roughshod over God's word. He said, I'm tired of it and I'm going to bring judgment. Amen. He said they'll be subdued in captivity. Yes. You know what? We're in captive to ignorant politicians. Right. We're at their mercy. Yes. I'll be honest with you. I don't have no use for them. Amen. Right. They say things like this. We'll pass the bill, then we'll read what's in it. How stupid is that? Amen. They're ignorant. Amen. He said they'll be scoffed and scorned in verse 10. You know what we are today? We're a laughing stock. We, as the nation of Israel in Habakkuk day, became a laughing stock. So are we. Our vice president is nothing but a joke. All she knows to do is laugh. <laughs> Everything nasty. <laughs> you know why? There's nothing in between her ears. She should have never been elected. That man up there has no idea what he's doing. We've got people running this country that had no sin. I can do a better job than they could. And I've never been in politics all of my life. They don't know what they're doing. And we are a scum and a mockery just like Israel. Amen. Hallelujah. But can I say, hallelujah. He gives them hope. I'll give you four things out of the book. How we make it in this world. Verse 12 of chapter 1. We got a father. Hallelujah. I possess and you possess a heavenly father. You know what he said? He said he's my God. Mine, holy one. 
I'm telling you, as Brother Randy said, gas may get $10 a gallon. Bread may get $7 a loaf. But I'm telling you, I still got a God in heaven. I got a Father. And what does the Father do? He protects and he provides. I'm telling you, hey, it don't matter how bad it gets. I thank God you and I have a heavenly Father. And the day we live here, they don't care. No matter what kind of clowns are in Washington, thank God I got a God who's sitting on the throne and he's got all of the control. Amen. Not only his possession, but I like this, Brother John. He said he's got pure eyes. He's pure. Our churches are going liberal. Y'all know that, right? The church used to be ashamed of nakedness. They're not anymore. They, matter of fact, post it now with the little Daisy Duke shorts on. God help us. Hey, I'm telling you, I don't care how far the church goes. There's a God in heaven that'll be holy and he'll be righteous and he'll never change. I say, hey, he's never gonna change. He is pure and he's holy and he's righteous. Thank God he's holy. Hallelujah. John, no matter how far they slide. Hmm. I was in church not too long ago, and it wasn't a visitor, a member, and she had green hair. I was in church not too long ago, and a woman had about 14 earrings all around her ear and her nose, tattoos everywhere. What's the deal with that? Hey, this is just Monday morning, hallelujah. I'm getting tired of it. Son, I came up under day. That nonsense wasn't tolerated. Oh, Brother Milford Biddle, one of the godliest men I ever knew. A gentleman and kind. Steve Griffith got saved. He had hair down his back. He got off the altar and he said, Hey, boy, go get you a haircut. You know what he did? He went and got a haircut. That's the way it was in them days. You just did what you was told through preaching. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for preaching. Thank God for preachers that'll tell the truth and preach the word of God. I'm glad I had a preacher. I'm glad I had a man of God who told me the truth and he preached to me. Thank God. If you got a preacher, you ought to thank God you got a preacher. Hallelujah. Amen. I said glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm about to pass out. Amen. You know what he said? <laughs> he made a promise, our father. He said, we shall not die. Yeah. Made a covenant. An everlasting covenant. I don't know how it's all going to end. I may go to jail. You may go to jail for preaching. That's right. But he still made me a promise. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. He'll take care of me. Jail food's no good. I may get skinny, but that's all right too, amen. 
Of course, they tell me that. I've never been there. Amen. But anyway, <laughs> not only that, verse 14 through 17, he talks about a fish in the sea being captured in a net. We're powerless without him. He said, I'll tell you how you're going to make it. Through my power. Through my power. Number two, not only we see we have a father, how to live in today's world. Verse 4, chapter 2, we got faith. Thank God. What does my faith give me? It gives me salvation. At the bottom, at the end of the day, when it doesn't matter who's in charge, Republican, Democrat, Independent, don't matter what's going on, I'm saved, 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 and saved. It don't matter if we don't win back the House or the Senate in, in October or November, I'm still saved, 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 and this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, listen. It gives us the scriptures. You know what? We can trust God's word. I've read the last chapter. We win. The devil's a loser. Hallelujah. We can trust God's word. The truth of it, it's, it's trustworthy. Not only we have our faith, it gives us salvations. It gives us stability. If you look in verse 4, chapter 2 to verse 19, he's talking about King Nebuchadnezzar. Here's what he said. Our faith gives us stability. Verse 4 and 5, against pride. Verse 6 and 8, against passions. Unholy and unruly. You'd be surprised how many people go to our churches hooked on pornography. Unruly. If you're a parent and your 12-year-old son has access to a phone all the time, internet, you're crazy. I was going to say stupid, but I'll say crazy. Because you are giving your son an opportunity that the devil will get him. He will get his mind. I wish to God I hadn't put things in my mind when I was a young boy. You hear me? I have to fight that flesh. I hate my rotten flesh and what I am only through the help and the grace of God can you overcome. That's why young people don't ever put that in your brain and in your mind. Oh, don't you give them that opportunity. Amen. Amen. Not only... Verse 9 and 10 Good. talked about prosperity, how that, that's what we live for. I've watched many a men in churches I preached in, they start chasing a dollar, start skipping Wednesday nights, they start skipping Sunday nights because they're chasing a dollar bill. I went to church with a man, I believe he's a saved man. I mean, he lived for God, sang in the choir, sang specials, packed the pews out full of drunks as he used to be. Started making a lot of money. Started missing Wednesday nights so he could work overtime. Didn't have to work, but he wanted to work. Today, he goes in back and forth between the mental ward. His name has been taken off the church road twice. He's a drunk again. Lived for God for over 10 years. Brother Ryan, you know what the devil did? He got him. He was making $35,000 a year 
Started working at a car dealership back in the 90s when it was booming. Started making $100,000 a year. He started chasing a dollar. Can I tell you, I don't care if you're a millionaire. Nothing will take the place of him. Oh, listen. He said, you've got to fight against prosperity. Then he said, not only that, against promoting idols. There in verse 18 and 19. But I like what he said. He said those idols... They have no breath. But I love this. You know what he said in verse 20? But God is in his temple. It don't matter what happens this year. It don't matter what happens next year. There's a God in heaven that is still in his temple. He's got breath. He's got power. Thank God he's in control. I'm glad there's a God that's in his temple. Hallelujah. Amen. Not only our faith and our father, but in chapter two, it's our future. We got a future. (laughs) He said it's an appointed time. Preacher quoted it a little while ago. Hallelujah. You know what? I'm longing to get out of here. But laddie, this is in my home. I long to see Jesus, to sit down at his feet, to worship him. But also long to get my old daddy <laughs> in one hand, get my old mama, she'd been in heaven a long time, and stroll down that street of gold together and talk it all it over. Hey, I'm glad, thank God, that this isn't my future. I'm glad, thank God, the saints of God will be delivered one day. That old trumpet's going to sound and going to pull us out of here and we'll be gone. Brother Ellis will leave behind all the world and the ungodliness and the enemy. Thank God. I'm glad that this is not my future. Amen. Amen. Saints will be delivered. Satan will be destroyed. Sin will be decimated. You know what he said in verse 14? The knowledge of God will be throughout the land. Did you know that during that millennial reign, it ain't going to be like it is today. The Lord's going to be in charge. I doubt there'll even be a president of the United States. Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David, and he's going to rule with a rod of iron. Taylor Swift and Britney Spears and Justin Bieber, they won't even remember their names. You know what he said in Zechariah? The former idols will be taken away. They won't even remember who they are. The knowledge of the Lord will be filled in the land. Won't that be a day uh, there'll be no filth and no crooked, rotten politicians uh, running the show but Jesus Christ uh, and you and I, thank God, will help him and rule and reign on a thousand years during that millennial reign. What a day that'll be. One thing we can rest assured, one day, United States, it'll be put in order. Hallelujah. That's right. And I doubt Nancy Pelosi will be there. But anyway, hallelujah. If my brother ever hears this, he'll never talk to me again. (laughs) But you know what? The truth is truth regardless. I've got a great niece. She's a lesbian. She said, can I and my friend come hear you preach? I said, yes, you can come hear me preach as long as you act right. So they did. Then she said, 
can we come to your Christmas gathering? And I said, no. I said, now you may come by yourself, but she can never come. Oh, how mean is that? Oh, no, it's not mean. I'm not condoning that garbage. You hear me? And I told her, I said, I love you, but it's wrong. It'll never be right. And you're not bringing that mess into our homes and in front of these young children. It's sin against God. And it always will be. Whether it's family or not. Lastly, in chapter 3, how are we going to make it today's world? Because we have a father. Because we have a faith. Because we have a future. But in chapter 3, verse 17, 17 through 19, we got a fortress. You know what he said in verse 17? He talked about that fig tree. That fig tree is it's a type of peace. We got serenity in him. You know, there'll never be peace in this world. The Bible said there would always be wars and rumors of wars, nation rising against nation. But in him, but Casey, I got peace tonight or this morning. All is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. I got up this morning. It was well with my soul. I went to bed last night. It was well with my soul. I know it's turmoil in this life, but thank God through Jesus, we have peace. Amen. Not only we have serenity, but we have sweetness. Here's what he said. Verse 18, he said, there'd be no fruit in the vines. <laughs> but Randy talked about that wine, that joy. But you always said in verse 18, that he's my joy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did you know the common thread at every Baptist church I preach in is people are sad? And I'll be honest, Brother John, I'll be honest, I don't understand that. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't understand that. We ought to be the happiest people on the face of God's green earth. I will never spend one night in the charred walls of the dam. That ought to be enough to get up every morning and bless his holy name. The old songwriter said, I found a treasure when I met Jesus. It gives me pleasure that the world cannot give. Although I'm a beggar, I'm rich beyond measure because I found a treasure when I met the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's the best thing I ever did when I got saved. I'd rather fellowship with Jesus. I found a treasure when I got saved. 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 Amen. There's joy in serving Jesus. Hallelujah. Not only the sweetness, but he's our sustenance. He said in verse 17, there's no vegetation. There's no flock. There's no herd. But you know what that means? He's still going to take care of us. <laughs> I don't like paying $4.50 a gallon of gas. But I sure am glad I traded that old Yukon in back in the summer. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. That thing got 16, 17 miles per gallon. That little GMC I got now gets 27. Hey, what about that? <laughs> 
Them dummies want me to have an all-electric vehicle. The only problem is I'd go about 150 miles and have to call the preacher to come and get me. I wouldn't make it to my meetings. Amen. I drive 10 hours one way a whole lot. I, they haven't got all that figured out. They're just telling you that's what you got to do because they're ignorant. But anyway, I don't want to get back on that. The sustenance, amen, he said in verse 19 that he's our strength. I'll tell you how you're going to make it through. It's because of him, his strength. Sometimes you feel like just throwing in the towel. Sometimes the preachers I preach for, they got small congregations. People haven't come back because of COVID. They go everywhere else, and that's another message in itself. It just reveals what's in their heart. But it discourages the man of God. I got a man that I preached for. His name was Carl. Brother Carl ran 10 people. He'd have me come every year. I preached for him back in June, the last of July, he got COVID. He's like most men, he wouldn't go to the doctors, his wife asked him to. Finally, the week later, he finally went, got tested, he was positive, and he died two days later. But I'm going to tell you something about Brother Carl. If you'd have met Brother Carl, you'd have never known he's running 10 people. You know why? Because he's leaning on the Lord. Now, I'm not exaggerating. This is the way it was. When I would get out on Monday, I'd always meet him at the restaurant at 5 o'clock. That was our ritual. And he'd get out of the vehicle and his way say, Hey, Brother Barnes, it's good to see you. Praise God. We're ready for revival. I'm telling you, that was every time. When he died, I called his wife to encourage her and let her know praying for her. She said, Brother Bobby, Brother Carl hadn't even taken a salary from the church for a year and a half. They'd not been able to pay him. He'd worked a job all those years. Matter of fact, the sanctuary was falling down. Matter of fact, they have condemned it. They're trying to meet in a little part of the church that's not in the But you'd have never known it if you had met Brother Carl. Amen. You'd have never known that they didn't have $25,000, that they only had negative. You'd have never known that. You listen to me? But he had joy because he was leaning on the strength of another. Thank you, preacher.